This episode contains adult language and topics that may be disturbing for some listeners. Such topics include suicide, drug use, physical or sexual abuse of a child. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Grant. And I'm Erica. And this is From From Crime Crime to to Crime. Crime. Welcome back to From Crime to Crime. And for the first time since COVID, Erica finally got COVID. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yep. This is the first official sighting of it. So congratulations. You've now joined the club. Yeah. A club that I'm not in, I will say. You will be a part of it pretty soon because I sent a kid home with it <laughs> with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I sent my 17-year-old well, sister <laughs> to go hang out with Erica and Matt for the week and they came back with uh with covid so we're trying to keep it at bay at our house now too because we haven't gotten it at all none of us so sorry dude thanks for that hey at least i didn't send her back with hep c or something <laughs> yeah we would have had some bigger problems had she come back with hep yeah. c or but... a tattoo <laughs> okay now we're getting out of hand all right yeah. yeah so if i sound like a hot mess guys sorry about that i have a little bit of the covid well hey you're gonna sing some smelly cat for us later too yeah that might be my thing I could totally see it being your thing. <laughs> so, Do a little Phoebe Buffet. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like where this is going. Yeah. Well, we should uh, get into this episode because I don't know how long I'm going to last here. That's true. Luckily, this week's it's a quick episode. So we lucked out on that yeah. one. Yeah. And it's a current episode. We decided this week to do a John Doe. And it's about a little boy, and he was found very recently, like just a couple of months ago. So we thought we'd bring a little bit of attention to this one. It's a pretty short and to-the-point case, so there's not a whole lot to it. Just for the record, I think when it involves kids, we should change it from, like, John Doe, because it just sounds like a man. Like, maybe a Johnny Doe or a Timmy or a Jimmy Doe or something like that, just so it sounds like a younger person. Obviously, for a girl, it'd be Janie Doe, but... (laughs) Yeah. You get what I'm going with. Yeah. I'm I, I'm not sure what his moniker is going to end up being. Usually they give them like some sort of nickname. And I really hate like boy in the suitcase. That sounds so bad. Oh, it sounds super bad. Like he was a little boy. He wasn't just a little boy in a suitcase. Like he was a little boy. He deserves more. Than yeah. That. At his funeral, the investigators and police and everything that threw and like community members and everybody that threw his funeral, they were calling him Angel. Hmm. I mean, it's good a name as any. If they yeah, don't know his real yeah, name. Probably have to give him some name. Right. Yeah. Angel works. Yeah. All right. So we're going to tell a little bit of the story about how Angel was found. On Saturday, April 16th of this year, which happened to be the night before Easter, a man named Jeff was walking through a very rural part of Washington County, Indiana, and he was out on his evening search for mushrooms and he came across a welcome to Las Vegas suitcase. And I think we should address the looking for mushrooms part because that sounds super weird in and of itself. But mushroom hunting is a huge thing. Did you know yeah, that? It is huge. First of all, there's been like 90 Massive. true crime cases that all started with a mushroom hunter finding a body. But it's a big deal. I didn't know that. And I've actually kind of gotten into mushrooms growing them and stuff like that over the last, you know, year or so we've talked about it and people who go looking for these things like they look a lot of times for like morels morels are really hard to find yeah so that's typically what people are going around looking for and they're hard to find and stuff like that 
And it's this it's this time of the year that they find it, you know, like late April, absolutely. early May. Yeah, it absolutely is. Yep. So he came up to this suitcase and it was found about 80 feet off of like a dead end rural road called East Holder Road. The suitcase was obviously out of place. So Jeff opened it up and inside he found the body of a little boy and you're kind of backing up a sec. Jeff's a lot braver than I am. I don't know if I saw a suitcase in the middle of the woods. I'd just start opening it up. But that's what Jeff did. Yeah, I would. But mostly because I'd be like, would oh, you? there's probably a body in here. Yeah, hell yeah, I would. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I want to say that I wouldn't. I probably would. But I'd like to think that I'd be too scared to. But I probably wouldn't and be in the same position Jeff is now. Yeah. He was super traumatized. This whole oh, how could he not area be, but... was like yeah. all the neighbors. It's they're like really devastated by this. Oh, absolutely. How could they not be yeah. to find a child in a suitcase? I mean, that's about as low as it can get. But Jeff called the authorities right away because he was like, hey, I didn't do this. I want to let everyone know right now I was hunting mushrooms. I had nothing to do with this. And police released little information about the boy because that's kind of the Indiana State Police style. Yeah, we know that from the Delphi case, too. They, like, don't give the public any information that doesn't have to be released. Right, which is probably a good thing, you know? Eh. I think there's some pros and cons to it, but I think overall it probably is a good thing that they don't give too much out to the public. Yes and no, but I think when you're years into an unsolved case, like, maybe it's time to start releasing stuff that might help, you know. Or even like in this case, we're months into an unidentified child and they've released nothing that they didn't release right away. That's a good point. I mean, especially with the way internet sleuths work now, like yourself, you know, giving them some some information, they could really start digging some things. Yeah, up. and I'm on my COVID but... vacation, so. <laughs> so you got nothing but time to solve crime. Yeah. I like it. Okay, so here's what we do know about the boy. First off is that he's a black child. They estimate that he's somewhere between five and eight years old, but he's probably closer to five, which is really hard to to handle and to mm-hmm. hear and stuff like that. Like he's a baby. You know, that's he's literally just he, he is. He's just a little baby. So it's really, really tough. Yep. Um, he's about four feet tall. He was thin and had short hair. His teeth were in good condition and he looked cared for. It, the autopsy didn't show any obvious cause or signs of death but you know we start to kind of learn about those as this case goes on Mm -hmm. and the other thing they were able to identify and release was that he'd been dead for about a week or maybe even less yep so this is about all we know the police say the boy has not been reported missing in any databases which is troublesome to say the least (laughs) so they're they're asking for tips from the public and if you know any children that match this description that you haven't seen physically since April or earlier, please give the Indiana State Police a call at 1-888-437-6432. They obviously are frantic looking for this and need all the help they can get. Yeah, and they specifically are looking for people who know a black child between the ages of five and eight years old that they haven't seen since April because they're getting a lot of tips about kids that are already reported missing. And none of the kids that are reported missing are this boy. Like they've made that very clear. Do they think that he's from the area or do they think he could be from elsewhere? I, I didn't see anything about that. Um, I don't know if they know or if they've said like the authorities, but I think he is not from the area because that area of Washington County is very rural and very small 
and scarcely populated. Like, people would know him if he was from there. That's true. And it's, like, 99% white. Mm, that's a good point. And he's yeah. black. So if he was from that area, it would be like, oh, yeah, that's John. <laughs> I think if he was from that area, they would have recognized him already because this is big news where this is. Yeah. So the only things that have been released in the following weeks after finding him is that the, they released the brand of the bag that he was found in, which was a Revo brand suitcase, which is a real high end suitcase. You know, it's somewhere between two and three hundred dollars like i tell you what i'm not spending that much on a suitcase yeah especially one this ugly it's one of those like (laughs) hard shell suitcases that has like the vegas backdrop you know wrapped on it it's like i thought those were like 50 bucks at the airport you know or 50 bucks at the hotel gift shop i'm like are we sure this is the right brand yeah i mean i can see what you're saying but either way it's obviously not like a common one from like ross or tj maxx or something like that like it's way more expensive than what they're selling. That's been the big speculation, too, that a lot of people say that this suitcase was sold at Ross all across the country. But like you said, there's no way Ross is selling a suitcase for 300 bucks. Yeah, especially like a Las Vegas one like that. I just don't see anyone buying something like that. I know. Outside of probably Vegas. And why? Like, why would you spend yeah. $300 on that? Like, it is ugly. <laughs> It is not the nicest looking suitcase for sure. No, it's obnoxious. But that's part of why people think that he's from out of state too. Right. You know, that this suitcase definitely could have come from there. And where he was found, like you were saying, like he was found off of the I-65. Then that goes all the way from Chicago, Illinois, all the way to Mobile, Alabama. So that's a huge stretch of land. Yeah, it's literally the whole top to bottom of the United States, like it goes from Chicago to Alabama. But this rural area where he was found is between Indianapolis and Louisville, Kentucky. Like those are the two closest major cities. It's like 45 minutes north of Louisville and like one and a half hours south of Indianapolis. It's also about two hours west of Cincinnati too. So there's some major cities, but he obviously... Could be from anywhere at this point. Yeah, I mean, he could be from Vegas. He could be from California, you know. He could be from, yeah, literally everywhere. We really don't know. Yeah. A lot of the coverage of this says that the person would have to have known the area to get to these woods where he was found. But I think that's bogus. I feel like if you're looking for a rural area, you just drive on the highway and then you're like, oh, this is pretty rural. And you get off and you drive around until you find some woods. Like, I don't think it would have been that hard to find. Yeah. It also could be somebody who knew that area, didn't live there anymore. Right. And took that I-65 mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of knew their way around then, but it was further away from what they're, you know, the, where they live now. So right. there's lots of things that are up in, the, up in the air that we just don't know yet. Yeah. And in the weeks following the discovery, they haven't really released that much else considering they still don't have an ID, but the... They did finally release the toxicology, and that came out negative for everything. Good. And they did finally release the cause of death. And he died of electrolyte imbalance due to gastroenteritis. Pretty much he died from dehydration, from having the flu. Something so preventable. But he wasn't murdered. True. But he may have been neglected. Totally. But you're right. He wasn't murdered. He wasn't killed on purpose. Mm -hmm. But he very well could have been neglected. Yeah. 
which could be a case of a, a parent, a mom or a dad or a young mom maybe who didn't really know what she was doing and then she got scared and dumped him. You know, there's a lot of things that could be the reason he ended up in a suitcase in the woods. Absolutely. There's a lot of reasons why and we don't know what they are yet. But luckily, if there is a silver lining from this, it's that this little boy hasn't been for been forgotten. Like this small little area, like you had said, had had a burial service for him and they held vigils for him. So they they've treated him with the proper dignity and respect a little boy like that no undoubtedly deserves. Oh yeah, they even had a huge funeral for him and a burial and a headstone. They've really adopted him. So that's been really nice, but it is. Like again, if if there is a silver lining, that's what it is and it's not a huge one, but at least he was sent off in a in a proper way. Yeah. So there's not like a ton of theories on this. Yeah, I mean, there is a ton of theories, but we're not going to get hardcore into all of them. The one thing that I wonder, though, is if he hasn't been reported missing by his mother. Obviously, your first thought is, OK, well, his mother dumped him so she didn't report him missing. But it could also be that his something happened to his mother, too. Could be. Oh, that's a, actually I didn't think about that. Maybe they were traveling together. Oh, yeah. Maybe they're traveling together. Something happens. I could see that happening if somebody else was involved too. Yeah. So, and then I know your your theory on this. Do you want to share it? Yeah. I mean, this is kind of what I think whenever we can't find or identify missing kids, but I think that maybe he was born into like some kind of underground sex ring, yeah. something like that. You know, I know that's a lot of times where I go with it, but it happens. We don't hear about it as much because it's not as common, but it happens. Yeah. And for him to be on no records anywhere, like- yeah. That's very, very strange. Yeah, I will say a lot of people are like, well, when this happened, it was spring break at a lot of schools. So maybe, you know, when school gets back into session, somebody will say, hey, what's his name? Didn't come back to school and da da da. But he, if he was only five, he may not have been in school yet. Very true. Totally. Either because he was too young or I know a lot of people are still doing the homeschool thing ever since COVID. So it wouldn't be that totally. weird for a kid not to be in school. True. Maybe he was never in school to begin with to come back to at all. Maybe right. he didn't start. Right. You know, so yeah, I think I think you're right on with something like that. There's a lot of things that actually would make sense on why he hasn't been reported yet. None of them are any less heartbreaking, honestly, but no. there are reasons why and those are that some that make sense. Right. So like we said, the authorities are asking anybody who knows a five to eight year old thin, four foot tall black child, if you haven't seen them since April, even if you think you know where they are, if you haven't physically seen them since April to call it in. If it's not the, the kid, it's not the kid. Then they move on. Yeah, totally. And hopefully, hopefully we get some somewhere with this kid. I mean, it's not fair for him to just be an unidentified kid in 2022, like yeah. We should be able to locate who he is and, you know, go from there at least. Yeah, and we're over two months later and they still have nothing. So I don't think the authorities thought it would get this far, but I'm sure they're doing DNA testing and all of that stuff. But totally. that could take months and months, you know, sometimes years. Yeah. Especially if so, he's not going to be in any kind of database. So they're going to have to do genealogy and all that stuff. It's going to take a while. It certainly seems like it. I mean, otherwise, this probably would have been solved pretty quick. I'm sure they thought it was going to be fairly open and shut. Yep. So 
That's why we ask you to change your Amazon Smile donations to DNA Doe Project, because if it gets to them, they'll solve it. Yep. All right, guys. Well. Short and sweet. Yep. Like we said. Short and to the point. All right. Well, next week, we promise it'll be longer when I feel better and don't have the COVID. Well, as long as you get rid of COVID by then, we'll see. Yeah, I will. It'll be fine. All right. Go lay down and feel better. We got we got episodes to record. All right, guys. We love you. Love you, too. Okay.